Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Are you considering your Monday MVP? The After Hours poll is live. Just live, as a matter of fact. And it looks like it's going to run through all the way through Monday and on into Tuesday as well. Uh, So it's an extended poll where you can take your time. Uh, Maybe you'll decide that there is a Monday MVP from Monday Night Football. Let's hope that it is a real battle. Uh, Both Broncos and Bills are looking for wins, springboard wins. In the case of the Bills, maybe a little more critical uh, considering what else is happening in the AFC and their playoff hopes. But the poll is up on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, also on our Facebook page. And while you're there, pinned to the top of each of our social media sites is our latest After Hours contest. And it's just a guessing game. Uh, If I ever get my jar back, Uh, I will fill that up with M&Ms, and you can guess the number of M&Ms. But since I don't have my jar back, in lieu of that, you're just guessing a number between 1 and 1,000. Jay, how's my jar with all the M&Ms in it? The jar is stationary. It's good. It's intact. Good to know you didn't smash it. Did not smash it. When will it be arriving here at CBS Sports Radio? Is it in a shipping container? Uh, It is not yet, but it'll, it'll be, I'm just getting, you know, like the tissue paper and everything ready. So mm-hmm. we have a safe voyage. Cleaning it after it's been sitting in your, your closet collecting dust for a year. Uh, so we'll, we'll do another like different type of a f- more like entertaining guessing game. But for now, you're just guessing a number between one and a thousand. <laughs> and that's as original as I could make it. And the closest five guesses will get to join us for a holiday edition of the after hours zoom room. Uh, and so that's what you can find on our social media as we hit the midway point. First show of the work week. Hokey, uh, hope, excuse me, you had Hokey if you want to be a Vodtech person. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. For some of you, it was a longer weekend, though you wouldn't have known that there were fewer cars on the road Friday when, when I was driving from the New York City area to the D.C. area. Holy cannoli. There were accidents everywhere. It took me about an hour longer than it normally does to get there. So I didn't leave early enough. I felt guilty, but I needed a whole three hours of sleep before I got on the road. So uh, it was one heck of a Friday on the roads, at least the corridor that I was driving, which was uh, Pennsylvania and down into Maryland and Virginia uh, over on the west side. I hope that you had easier travels if you were on the move. Man, we are coming up on what is the... uh, toughest and most gnarly holiday of the year for travel and that is thanksgiving you know the sunday after thanksgiving is the most heavily traveled day of the year at the airports every season every year it's exactly like this Uh, so i'm glad i'm driving and actually going tuesday to saturday as opposed to going say wednesday to sunday something along those lines but we'll get to our thanksgiving plans i know that Pretty soon, I'll be putting together a meal list. Pretty excited about Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, But to that end, here we are. It's mid-November. It's week 10 in the NFL. And 
I can't believe this is where we are. It feels like we were just starting. And yet the number of rookie quarterbacks who've made starts in the NFL this season would tell us that, oh, yes, we are deep into the season. Uh, The number of games that are going down to the wire, 9 of 12 games on Sunday were decided by 8 points or fewer, meaning they were single score decisions. And 5 of them featured walk-off field goals. Part of the reason is because there have been so many starting quarterbacks who've gotten injured. And we're talking about not just rookies like C.J. Stroud, who we'll get to this hour, not just C.J., not just Bryce Young, who we saw Thursday night football, not just Anthony Richardson, who's out for the season. Those are top five QBs in the draft. No, we're talking about rookies who were taken later than the third round or were undrafted altogether. But that's where we are right now, which is why. So buckle up. The rest of the way, you're not going to see as much separation among offenses. You're going to see a lot more of trying to run the ball as opposed to asking rookie quarterbacks without a lot of experience to win games with their arms. And so it's going to be this way more than likely as we head through the rest of the season. Now, once we would get into playoffs, then you're going to see the separation between the haves and the have-nots. The teams that still have their starting quarterbacks, especially those that have experience, especially those that have more than, say, one season on their resumes, that's where it tends to show up. But right now, this is what's going to happen. Offense is down, of course. And you're going to get games that are barn burners with a lot of field goals in some cases. That's what we saw on Sunday. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Again, on Twitter or Facebook, we're glad to connect with you. What game gave you heart palpitations? Which was your favorite walk-off on Sunday? You're looking for Chris Pratt. From the office. That's your dead giveaway. And then vote for Monday MVP because we cannot do it without your votes. Yes, there is a member of the Detroit Lions, as there should be. Man, one heck of a game between Detroit and LA. So even as I'm talking about slogging it up offense, it was the opposite. But notice these two teams still have their starting quarterbacks. Jared Goff. Justin Herbert, lots of weapons around them. So, yeah, savor this one while you can. Funny enough, though, even as we talk about the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff, or I do, maybe I'm the only one, I didn't even know the Lions were capable of this. But they had 177 rushing yards in the first half. Can you believe that? Four scoring drives in the first half. This was a back and forth. If you if you blinked, you changed the channel, you forgot to change it back, well, you probably missed 14 points, 21 points. First and goal from the two. They give it to Gibbs. Right there left, it is. Into the end zone. Yes, Touchdown, Detroit Lions. With Big Jonah Jackson back and leading the way over the left side. Goff takes the snap, turns, gives to Jameer. Yes. Fighting right side, into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Big guys doing work up front. Patient run by Gibbs that time, and he finds the end zone, and the Lions increase their lead. Herbert to throw, and downfield. Keenan caught, touchdown! 
Touchdown, Chargers. 29 yards, Herbert to Keenan for the fifth time this season. Goff gives it to Montgomery, cutback lane is there, gets to the 35, gets to the 40-yard line, cuts it left to the 50, there he goes left sideline, outside the numbers, at the 40, 35, to the 30-yard line, runs inside the 20, 10, yes. 5, end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Herbert takes the snap, hands, does not get it. Second, second effort, effort, second effort, oh, I think he got a touchdown! What an effort! Yeah, he's signaling touchdown down there on the he far is. side. The far side is signaling touchdown. Whoa, it was a lot. David Montgomery goes for a 75-yard touchdown. But there's also a pair of 75-yard drives for Herbert and the Chargers. Keenan Allen, he's a beast. He just went over 10,000 career receiving yards, and he is not done. Austin Eckler churning with those legs. Now, this wasn't really a tush-push, though that there, there was plenty of brotherly shoving going on. Are you allowed to brotherly shove outside of Philadelphia? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> so, yeah, Austin Eckler, really smart by him, too. You want to talk about a veteran who made sure his knees were locked, his legs were locked, so that he was not putting a knee inadvertently on the ground before the ball crossed the goal line right there before first half. Yeah, crazy enough, the Lions in the first half, I, I know this is like a lot of numbers, but this blows me away. The Lions, as I said, were already over 175 yards rushing, and a lot of that was on Montgomery's long scamper. But did you know they were 0 for 6 on third down in the first half? <laughs> Isn't that weird? They were so productive. They were up 24-17, and yet they were 0 for 6 on third down. What they did brilliantly, though, is convert on fourth down. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Ominous. A precursor of what's to come. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Are you ready? Buckle up. In the second half, there were seven total possessions. There were points on six of them, including the last six drives of the game. All of them resulted in points. And here was the pattern. Detroit would take the lead. Oh, and I mentioned Detroit was up by a touchdown at the break. So the Lions would have the lead, and the Chargers would answer and tie the game. The Lions would take the lead, the Chargers would answer and tie the game. I don't know, Lions fans, how are you feeling about it? Three times in the second half, Detroit grabs an advantage, goes up by a TD, and three times the Chargers answer. And so, yeah, it's almost about the clock at this point, right? And running out of real estate. From the shotgun. Herbert, as the Lions try to get settled, Stone Smart in motion, shotgun snap, fakes the handoff, rolling to his right, throws, Keenan caught, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Chargers! Allen launches the ball into the stands in celebration, 38 yards. Matt Smith on Chargers radio. They were game, and this was a shootout. We won't have very many of these in the NFL this season, but this was a legit shootout. It was awesome. So much fun to watch the back and forth. Okay, so I want to take you inside the two-minute warning because (laughs) there's a reason Jared Goff is using the word ballsy every chance he gets. All week long, you're going to hear it from Jared Goff. Just trust me. I've heard it three or four times from him already, and it's just been a few hours. Detroit has got the football inside of the two-minute warning. Game is tied. 
The Lions face a fourth and two. And they're already in field goal range. Okay, so they could have kicked what would have been a go-ahead field goal on fourth and two with a minute 47 to go. But instead of the field goal, Dan Campbell opts to go for it on fourth and two. We're not talking about QB steak here. We're talking about fourth and two long yards. And he bypasses what would have been the go-ahead field goal to try a pass play on fourth and two. I wanted to finish with the ball. And uh, so, you know, I trusted our guys and trust golf. Um, you know, there's, um, <clears throat> you know, they'd already, they'd had, going into that situation, you know, if you don't, there's going to be a lot of time left. You know, you kick a field goal. Um, you know, so I just, I wanted to finish with the ball in our hands. I liked where we were at offensively. Uh, we were playing good. Golf was in a good spot. And, uh, and I just, I felt like that was the right thing to do. Fourth and two for the Lions. There's the shotgun snap for golf. Back, looking, throwing, caught. First down to the 20 and down to the 19-yard line goes Sam Laporta. Hey, rookie, you just came up big, man. You just came up big. That's the call with Dan Miller on Lions Radio. One heck of a gamble. Though he sounds pretty confident, Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth and two in the final two minutes with the game tied and Detroit already in field goal range. I don't have to tell you what happens if they don't convert the fourth and two. The game is still tied, and it's a relatively short field for the Chargers. Now, not impossible, right, for the Detroit Lions defense to to stop them and get the ball back, but there had been no defensive stops the entire second half, so that wasn't likely. They go for it on fourth down, they convert it, and then they're able to, actually, all they were trying to do was run out the clock. They're able to kneel down and get in position for the field goal. With our guy, I kind of lean towards we're going until he tells us we're not. And, and that's not just in that situation. That's kind of in every fourth down that we, we get. And had a good feeling he would go for it just like that area we were in. We kind of wanted to get an extra five or ten yards to secure it. As well as, I'm sure in his head, he didn't want to give Justin the ball back with a minute and a half. So there was many factors going into that. But, yeah, he's got he's got big balls, and he showed it there. What? And, uh, it was, uh, it's a lot of fun when he puts the ball in our hands to, to make the play. Told Final you. play of the game. Lions going for the win. 41-yard field goal attempt, hash mark left side, McQuaid to snap, there it is, Fox the hold, Patterson the kick, it is up and it is good, he got it, that's a victory for the Lions on the final play of the game, and what a game it was, back and forth they went, no separation between these two, and Ronnie Patterson sends it through to secure a 41-38 victory for the Lions, that is Big time stuff. Every week is different, and you don't know what it's going to take to win the game. We did what we had to do to win the game. That's what good teams do. No matter what, man, I get it. Do not, do not ever feel bad or this or that about a win, man. They're too hard to come by. You earn that win. No matter what you say, you earn that win, and we will accept it. I love Dan Campbell. I the poor man's lost his voice, so maybe we're going to get a scratchy Dan Campbell earlier in the week. But, man, what a victory for them. And if you think about the way their season has gone, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Granted, they're still figuring out how to win, so that's the thing. Dan Campbell's still establishing his culture, but he brings in pieces like Aiden Hutchinson. 
pieces like Jameer Gibbs. And it's not just him. It's also the, the front office. But there's a certain type of player they're looking for. And have you noticed that they are gamblers? They gambled on picking Jameer Gibbs in the first round. They love Jared Goff. They're not looking for another quarterback. They were ride or die with Goff in the offseason. They weren't finding somebody else. And so now they've won uh, six of their last seven. And they get a victory in a shootout. But then you think about their loss to the Ravens, right? And they were blasted. They could not stop the Ravens in the first quarter, first half. And they got steamrolled. So they've had some moments where it's up and then it's down. And yet they're learning how to win. Most of the time they're winning the games. Which have featured lost opportunities or even some turnovers. And that's always a good sign. You ever play golf or have a teaching pro tell you this? When your misses, when your miss hits are not as bad when they're playable, when you can tell that your bad shots are not as bad anymore, you know you're getting better. Well, that's the case with the Lions. When they don't play their best game but still win, well, then you know. The culture is established. The foundation is established, and they like the personnel they have in place. Although I suppose when Justin Herbert's locked in to the kind of performance that he was on Sunday, it's hard to criticize the defense because he'll do that to a lot of teams. And yeah, they did put up a ton of points and a lot of yards. There's a lot of fight in this team. Uh, you know, obviously not the outcome that we, we would have wanted, but those guys didn't quit. You know, offense, defense, special teams, they gave everything they had all four quarters um, and we fell short. So it, it wasn't good enough today. Um, but I, I don't question the, the effort, the, the dedication by this team at all. Nearly 1,000 yards of total offense between these two teams. So if you want to catch it on NFL Network, they always replay the best games of the week. In fact, I think they're committed to replaying every single game each week. They do a lot of them overnight, during the daytime, before they get to their evening programming. This one's worth watching. It's a lot of jaw-dropping moments. And for that reason... Monroe St. Brown is one of our candidates for After Hours Monday MVP. Along with TJ Hawkinson, tight end from the hottest team in football. Look at that. Two NFC North teams. What about the Packers? Are they prepared to make a charge? They were on the road in Pittsburgh. We'll get to them coming up next. So vote for Monday MVP. Tell us which of the fantastic finishes was, well, was your favorite, but also which one Gave you an upset stomach. Made you nauseous. It does happen. Sports do that to us. And if you want to hang out with us in the after hours Zoom room, all you got to do is submit your guess a number between one and a thousand. I swear there are no hidden secrets to it. Just one and a thousand. I don't know. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Pickett in the shotgun, Najee to his right. He sends Robinson out as a split man to the right side. And the game is right down the middle to Najee Harris for a four-yard untouched into the end zone. Touchdown. Snap to Love, looking around. Lofts at right corner of the end zone, leaping. There we go. Corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Romeo Dobbs. Beautiful throw and catch. Pickett in the gun, hands it off. And through a hole comes Jalen Warren off the right side. Spins into the end zone. 
for a Steelers touchdown run of 16 yards. And that is his second of the season. And the Steelers crack open a hole, and Jalen Moore took care of the rest. Here's the snap to Jordan Love. Good protection initially. Lofts it deep over the left side. Got a man out there. Leaping grab. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. It is Jaden Reed, the rookie. Hits, misses, and messes. Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence. The way the game started between the Packers and Steelers, maybe you thought we'd get something along the lines of Lions and Chargers. Man, it was back and forth. Touchdowns on three consecutive drives to begin this game in Pittsburgh. The Steelers were running the ball early. Remember starting the season, they could not run the ball, and that was a major issue for them, not having any balance in their offense, being unable to keep defenses honest. But they were running the ball early with Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio, Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren. Both have touchdowns on the ground, and the Steelers go over 200 rushing yards. That's a big deal for them. That's not what they've done a lot of this season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. After that 35-yard chuck from Jordan Love to Jaden Reed, man, that was a ball that was dropped so perfectly into Jaden, just over the top of the defense. It looked a little bit like Aaron Rodgers. I know, that's sacrilegious. He's busy hugging people. Uh, So Pittsburgh had the lead at the break, 17-13. And it was back-to-back field goals. Yeah, it started to slog in the third quarter. Slog is my new favorite verb. Uh, It was back-to-back field goals to start the third quarter, and it was a lot slower pace. So Green Bay actually takes the lead, 19-17, and with a pair of field goal drives that take 10 minutes off the clock. Sometimes doesn't that make you want to stick a fork in your eye? Or maybe it's just me. You go so long with the ball, and you come away with three points. That's got to drive offensive coordinators and coaches a little bit crazy. We're sticking forks in you. See what I mean? In your eye. But Pittsburgh responds, woo, with two field goal drives of its own. That's what I'm saying. We're, you know that phrase, death by a thousand paper cuts? The NFL this year is death by a thousand field goals. (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying. It is never, it seemingly... We very rarely now with some of the younger QBs and Kenny Pickett's just in his second year starting, right? And Jordan Love is in his first year starting with a bunch of younger quarterbacks who don't have as much of experience, whether they're young in age or young in terms of reps, you're going to get this because rookies and young quarterbacks giveth and they take it the way. But Pittsburgh continued to run the ball, which I thought was critical. On their second field goal drive there, In that second half, they take four minutes off the clock and Kenny Pickett only tries one pass, right? So that to me is a big deal or is a word that Mike Tomlin would use significant. And what do we know about the Pittsburgh defense? It's a closer and it does that again. Jordan Love still learning, but that Steelers defense, it's full of veterans. Green Bay trailing by four. Second and nine at the Pittsburgh 14. A run look, but a shotgun snap. And back is Love. He looks, he looks, he waits, he fires for the end zone. And it's broken up. Intercepted! 
Shaquille O'Neal has it up the sideline. He took it away from the receiver up over the 15. Watson couldn't find a, the range, and Keanu Neal said, I'll take that out of the air. Another big play for this Pittsburgh Steelers. Unbelievable defense. Just another tight ball game, man. I'm really just appreciative of the mindset of our group, man. They just they, they want to make the significant plays and the significant moments, and it's a good thing because uh, these games are always tight. They certainly are. Mike Tomlin's not exaggerating. You know the Steelers' track record when it comes to Tomlin, right? You know that they are tough, they're physical, they like to lead with defense. I mean, they don't mind a few extra points if they can get them, but that's just not been their experience. Even late in Ben Roethlisberger's tenure, that's not been their experience. So get this. They have now won nine straight games that are decided by a single score, meaning one score or less. All Every game that they've played in, and the, this goes back to last season, the last nine that have been decided by a single score, they've won. And so they're comfortable in those positions. And this season, all six of their wins are by eight points or fewer. What I was saying about the Browns earlier, how they don't blow teams out, well, that's similar to the Steelers. It's a fight. It always is a fight. It's always a fight. And that means the defense gets a ton of credit because they very rarely operate without the pressure of having to be the closer. And on this day, T.J. Watt, the defense, they close with back-to-back interceptions off Jordan Love, which is a big deal because then they don't have to worry about their offense driving down the field to score. The offense, putting up points and sustaining long drives, being able to have us sit over there on the bench. Um, but we need more three and outs as a defense. It's something we've been emphasizing and uh, something we need to continue to get better at. You never want to just say, hey, we're 6-3. and three. That's okay. Uh, you know, there's room for improvement. And we understand that we got to keep growing and keep learning. Uh, but it's better to learn from wins than learn from losses. Oh, well, I like that. Cam Hayward is back on the field, which is great. T.J. Watt, too, as I say, a lot of veterans on that defensive side of the ball, and they are brash, right? They're bold. They believe that they can limit any offense that's out there. But with the run game, and T.J. made this point, with the run game for the Steelers, with the fact that they put up points early and were able to extend drives, it gave the defense a blow. When you go three and out all the time, your defense is exhausted come the end of the game. Now, are they still up for the challenge? Sure. But it's tough when you're constantly sitting on the bench for all of 30 seconds and then getting up and getting back out there again. You barely have a chance to rest. So, yeah, the points, they help. The extended drives, they help the defense. It all works together. And it works the opposite, too. Packers, meanwhile, are one for five in the red zone. And while Jordan Love had some success early, it petered out in the second half. Offensively, I think, you know, we started faster, which we haven't done in some of the previous games. Um, so that was a positive. But, uh, yeah, like you said, there, there's definitely a lot of plays that we left out there. This is one of those games that was decided by eight points or fewer. And the Steelers, they'll take them every time. Nine of the 12 on Sunday came down to a single score, and that is in the Steelers' wheelhouse. It is our job. (laughs) Five of them were decided by walk-off field goals. 
We're going to get to a bunch of those, or as many as we can, on the back end of this hour. Still want to get to yet another incredible late game drive for C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Kyler Murray is back. And trust me when I say Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray and the rest of the Cardinals' current roster care nothing about the number one overall draft pick. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, Vote for Monday MVP. Also let us know which of these games grabbed your attention, which of these games maybe gave you some heart palpitations. Good Monday morning to you if you're waking up on your Monday. I know it can hurt. Thankfully, you have us. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Third and one on the six. Two receivers right, one left in Falcon territory. Shotgun formation. Murray is Connor to his left, snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it running left. He's at the five, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Kyler Murray is back. The mighty Kyler Murray on a zone read. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hey, look who's back. Kyler Murray, 11 months to the day. From when he tore his ACL last fall. And he has a six-yard touchdown run against the Falcons right before half. This debut, season debut, takes place at home in the desert. And the fans were thrilled to have him there. I'm flattered. Of course, it wasn't going to be easy. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Five lead changes between Falcons and Cardinals in the second half. And again, this is pretty standard. You're talking about new quarterbacks all over the league, young quarterbacks all over the league, in some cases, rookies. Ten different rookies have started. Or Kyler Murray coming back and having not played in 11 months. His interception does lead to the Atlanta go-ahead field goal middle of the third quarter. But how about this? They didn't want to put Kyler in harm's way. And so Clayton Toon comes in to take a snap and has a rushing touchdown late in that third quarter. And then in the fourth, Taylor Heineke gets injured, or it's sometime in the second half. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Taylor Heineke gets injured, and it's Desmond Ritter right back on the field. So Arthur Smith had decided he would go with Taylor. They weren't going to platoon QBs, but rut row, this is the NFL, and life comes at you fast at the quarterback position. So Desmond Ritter is back on the field and he does direct a 74-yard drive that results in a touchdown. He gets in from nine yards out and lo and behold, Falcons are back in front with about two and a half minutes to play. This is where we see what Kyler Murray can do with the knee, can do with the leg. And I was impressed. As I was watching the end of this game, he did not seem to favor it. He didn't seem hesitant. He didn't seem nervous. Instead, he just seemed like Kyler Murray. So not only does he have a third down scramble, that, and this is not my 
charting his run, his scramble. It was a short, it was supposed to be a relatively, I think it might might have been third and nine. Don't quote me on that. But it, it was third and long. It wasn't like a one yard, you know, one yard needed. But he scrambles 74 yards to elude the pressure to go out to the left and then go around the back to the right and then turn up field, weaving through traffic. 74 yards, according to those who chart these types of things. It was a crazy scramble on third down. So he does it with his legs, and he's also connecting through the air. Shotgun snap. Murray backs up the throw, launching it deep. Near side, it is underthrown. Oh, but it's caught at the 10-yard line by McBride. He gets up to run, and he's tackled at the 9. McBride, the first Cardinal tight end in 34 years with a 100-yard receiving game, and he puts the Cardinals in first and goal with 45 seconds to go. Here we go. The snap's good. The ball's down. The kick is up, and the kick is good, and the Cardinals win it. 25-23. 25-23. Welcome back, Kyler. Kyler Murray engineering the game-winning drive. And Arizona gets its second win of the season. I mean, they scored the touchdown, and in my head, I was like, yeah, there's no, like, of course it sets up like this, you know, for, <laughs> for us to go back down and score. And, um, you know, at that point, like, you got to make your mind up. You know, there's uh, no quit, no quit, no quit in that group. Um, and I think we showed that tonight. Maybe that's why he laughed at me. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't have any expectation. Like I told you guys all week, I was just happy that the guy was back because I know what he went through to get back to this point, um, less than a year from a you know a major injury, and uh, to play at the level that he played today. And he just broke down the team and says, you know, I got to be better. There's a lot of meat on that bone on from the offensive side, and uh, that's what he'll continue to do: strive to get better and improve every day. Did you hear Kyler talk about this last week? Jonathan Gannon said to him something about taking it easy. Maybe don't go crazy on your first game back. And Kyler laughed at him. And so Gannon brings that up. And Kyler says, as soon as Desmond Ritter scored, as soon as the Falcons took the lead 23-22, of course, I'm laughing because I knew it was going to happen this way. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. One more from Kyler. He goes 19 of 32 for nearly 250. He does have a pick, but he also gets into the end zone with a rushing touchdown. Feel good. Feel good. Uh, just, just happy to win. Uh, out of all of that, that was, uh, that's all I was worried about was winning. You should have seen, if you didn't watch, you should have seen their emotions and reactions on the sideline. Don't tell me anything about how the Cardinals are tanking. Don't tell me anything about how this team would rather have the overall number one draft pick or that's what the team is going for. Of course not. This current team is playing for wins. They were tense, they were nervous, and they were euphoric when they got the victory, even though it's just their second of the season. And as for the Falcons, they dropped to four and six. Last two weeks, um, it's been, you know, very similar, you know, Losing out at the end, and uh, obviously you put it, put everything you got into it, uh, and you're frustrated. But we gotta, we gotta find a way. We get get on that plane and get back, and use this bye week and, and regroup, put everything in there, find solutions. So as we're looking at the NFC West, you've got a top-heavy division where the Niners are six and three. We'll talk about the Seahawks here in a second. Rams have dropped three in a row. Cardinals are just two and eight, but boy, are they a happy crew. Kyler Murray's back. He looks 
He looks good. Honestly, I'm sure it felt good. Maybe he'll be a little sore, but he looked like Kyler Murray. He was aggressive. He was cutting. He was explosive. He was on the move. He was throwing on the move. 11 months to the day. So welcome back, Kyler. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of the NFC West, the Seahawks and the Commanders were doing battle in Seattle. And early on, Brian Robinson goes 51 yards on a short shovel pass. And he turns it into a touchdown. But then, slogging all field goals until early in the third quarter. Kenneth Walker then returns the favor. This was kind of fun to watch him motor up the right sideline. He just accelerates. It's not It's not like Tyreek Hill speed, though. It's just as though somehow he, he motors. He's fast. It just looks different. So Seattle is up by four points. It's just so weird. Seattle's up by four points, and then we get to the good stuff, quote, unquote. Four scoring drives to end the game. Sam Howell heard a lot of people raving, saw a lot of people raving about him on this Sunday. Third and 10 at the Seattle 35. Robinson to the right of Howell. Three wide receivers to the left. Good pocket. Time. Surveying. Looks. Throws. De'Ami Brown with a catch in the 15. Breaks away. Touchdown. Touchdown, Washington. Unbelievable. (laughs) Bram Weinstein on Commander's Radio. Yeah, with 52 seconds to go, Sam Howell directs that drive. And, oh, is it going to be a game-winning drive? Well, maybe it is. And he looked really good. So give him credit. He was 29 of 44, over 300 yards. Unbelievable! Three touchdowns. And here's the important thing with Sam Howell, no interceptions. Now, he did have a lost fumble, but the Seahawks didn't do anything with it. So under a minute to go, the game is tied at 26. And it's, wait, is this a thing? Is it Geno time? Second down and 10 from his own 48. Seahawks need to get about 20 yards. There's a shot down the middle. DK has it. Spins out of one tackle. He's dragging guys down to the 25-yard line. Jason Myers between the hash marks from 43. The kick is going to be long enough, and the kick is good. Jason Myers wins it on the last play of the game. The Seahawks facing all kinds of issues in the fourth quarter. They come back, they score, and now they win it on the last play from 43 yards out. Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. Yeah, this one was nutso. And I saw some of the Washington people that I follow, beat writers, analysts, lamenting the fact that the commanders did zilch on defense to slow them down. DK Metcalf has a pair of long catches. One of them you hear there to put them in field goal range. And they get a pair of first downs. And so Jason Myers caps it with a 43-yard kick. One of the walk-off wins. Now, think about the criticism that's been leveled at Geno the last couple weeks. Maybe the Seahawks made a mistake. He's not as good as he was. He's regressing. Teams are figuring him out. But he showed some big-time moxie in this one. Great to get a win, you know, great to get a win, especially at home in front of our fans. I thought the crowd was uh, electric once again, and, uh, you know, it's always good to get a win. This was a really impressive finish for us in this game. Um, the, 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 the basics of what happened is we didn't turn the ball over one time, and uh, we made nice. a plus one for the day, which we didn't take advantage of. But to not turn it over, we need to go in that direction. We've been screwing it up for the last few weeks. It was a tough game the whole time. These guys have been kind of on a roll, feeling pretty good about themselves, and, and you know for good reason. They've been putting some games back-to-back. Um, they were very confident and played that way. 
nearly 500 yards of offense for the Seahawks. But what Pete Carroll mentions is not turning the ball over. They're not great on third down, still just four of 14. Commander's defense still actually packs a wallop despite trading away a couple of their key pieces. And Sam Howell was great in this game, except they weren't able to stop the Seahawks in the end. We just got to find ways when, when the game is tied to go out there and make the plays that take control of the football game. And obviously, you know, you don't want to be in a position where we got to go down and make a drive late to, to tie the game. You know, we'd like to be on the other side. Um, so, you know, credit to our defense for most of the game, just keeping us in it. Um, we made some plays down the stretch, but got to be better throughout the game to, to beat good teams like that. I am sensing change. <laughs> I'm sensing in my spirit. Now, it just feels like there's no way that an ownership group that spends six-plus billion dollars on a franchise. Now, granted, they bought them, and the sale went through right before the season started. But it doesn't seem like a, a group that's willing to spend that kind of money that is used to building winning teams is going to allow this to continue. I would expect changes for the commanders, more of them, I should say, come the offseason. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 